knew there was something. I knew there was something. Your head? <laughs> That's a given. Why, why are we even talking about this? Welcome to the Extreme Tasting League Scotch Edition. I'm one of your hosts, Perrin. And I am the other one who's here because it, I'm not Dave. I am, in fact, Sidious. And I am setting up stuff, so I'm mildly distracted, which is normal, and Perrin should talk more now. I, I will. I personally think Dave is a figment of our collective imagination and a vocoder. But not to think of, to dwell on Dave, we have a guest. Hello, guest. Hi, Perrin. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Kiri. And, and trying to think of what else to say about me. I know Dave and Cedius. I vaguely know Perrin. Well, I'm a vague person. <laughs> and I like Scotch. Can you clarify that situation, Perrin? Maybe. Okay. Um, well, well, we're all on board with liking, this. Knowing, knowing uh, Cedius, Dave, or myself m- might be how you get on the show, it's not really something most people will brag about. But liking Scotch is a really fine reason to be on this show. It is. Because that's what we do here. She's the one who drags me to the Robbie Burns nights. Oh, good for you. Every year, so, yeah. Um, where is the Robbie Burns nights held? It is at Brit's Pub. Oh, I love that sound. You know, I should, ma- I should record that and make it my ringtone. You should. I will sound like an alcoholic. That'll be awesome. So, um... Uh, Kiri was nice enough to uh, leap into the the gap that we had because our previously scheduled guest apparently wanted out of being our guest so badly they poisoned themselves. I assure you that that was not an intentional thing. The apology I got for having to cancel at the zero hour was was you know a pretty decent apology. So was uh, it? Was it? I am. Well, no. I mean, it was it was in text. So. <laughs> They texted that they were going. I mean, it, 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 it's not like it was written in the cave of ah, because I saw that's where you were going with this. Yep. And uh, no, so uh, yeah, so she'll be on at some point. But again, we'll have to wait for a day where she's free, which means it might be another six months. So and not poisoned, and hopefully not poisoned. Yes, that would be ideal. So. That's the thing. Well, thank you, thank you, poison person who's not here. I hope you get better. On on the other plus side, the person who was the other person I was trying to have be a guest who could not get out of a rehearsal, who we will eventually also have on at some point when she's free, which uh, actors. Um, She threw another friend at me who might also have other friends that he might throw at us, so it would be great. Uh, Eventually. But none of them were free tonight. I'm now picturing whoever this actress is or actor, is incredibly strong and is just flinging people at you. And it's a vision that I find amusing. Me too. And considering the person in question, it might work. I've, I've seen him throw a harpoon. Aquaman's going to be on our show? That will be an amazing show. I hear he drinks heavily. Note to self. <laughs> um, find Aquaman's contact information. <laughs> I do have a friend who cosplays as Aquaman. Doesn't count. Do they drink heavily? They do. It counts halfway. Okay. Emergency situation. <laughs> Call Kiri. Has friend dresses like Aquaman. Drink. So noted. <laughs> so we are starting the show tonight with um, a McClellan's. To be clear for those of you who are listening uh, and, and I'm mispronouncing or not pronouncing clearly, it's McClelland, A-N-D, Apostrophe S. 
as opposed to some other version. Um, the it is an Isla. The the thing that amuses me is the different ways Isle or Islay is pronounced because mm-hmm. when I actually was an Isla, we mispronounced it and we were correctly uh, quickly corrected by the natives with sort of a how dare you speak so inappropriately of our of our area. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want anyone to be calling it New Prague either. So, yeah. you know, to be fair. Mini Ooblis. Never heard that one. Now I'm thinking about all the words that Uber. my GPS mispronounces. I, I love it when it's the British voice. And, um, what were they? They were, they were pronouncing everything with ST as Saint. And, and it made sense if it was St. Yeah. John, but it, it was something street, and it was ST, and it, like, Smith Saint. My, 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 my favorite is because I, I often have to get onto 100 to go anywhere I'm going um, from my place. I have to get onto uh, Base Lake Road. Yes. Nice. Instead of Bass Lake Road, because it doesn't know, and so it punts wrong. <laughs> I love the nose of this. Yeah. It's very nice. Oh, it's a nice Isla. It's... So, so I should point out, um, McClellan's, the way they do their independent bottle thing, is they basically have a bottle for each of the four main regions. Um, Isla, Lowlands, Highlands, and um, Speyside. And so this is their Isla um, version. And I've had all of them, so this, this is not going to be a new experience for me. Well, how do you do? I know. Um, um, but this is an inexpensive bottle most places. I have seen it priced like, like a normal like entry-level scotch in other places. Um, but this is usually a you know, $25 to, to $40 bottle. I have seen it priced as high as $55. Uh, and they have a picture of Port Charlotte on the front, though I do not think this is a Port Charlotte. Well, I mean, it's independent, so who knows where what distillery right. it's coming out of. Um, it very easily could be. Um, so, I'd have to do research to find out where they get their stuff, and that would be work. Yeah. Which we decided at the start of this show when Dave and I, you know, were two manning it before you even joined Parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided against that. Yeah, no, I've, so, I've picked up on that. Yeah. Work. Nobody likes work. No, that's actually why they call it work and not fun. Very rarely are you like, I'm going to fun, and they pay me. They do sometimes, though. I just got back from doing that. I I was just. No, well, that's awesome that you did. I had a surprise today. Uh, yesterday was an all-company meeting, and at the end they talked about um, raffle tickets. And everyone around where I was, because this was online, mm-hmm. was like, raffle tickets? Nobody mentioned raffle tickets to us. And I got an email today saying, congratulations for winning. And so I now have to pick which Vikings home game I want tickets to. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, eh, it's it's an occupational hazard. Fair. <laughs> um, my fun thing, where they actually paid me for my fun, is I, on top of liking scotch, uh, really enjoy playing board games, and so I got paid money to go to a big board game convention and talk about board games and play board games all weekend. That would be and sweet. They. they Paid for my trip there. They paid for my badge. They paid for my hotel room, and they paid me an hourly wage to do something I love. That's pretty darn cool. That's 
Mm. Um, mm. Smoky. Yeah. Nice and smoky. Um, A little iodine under it. Yeah. But nothing unpleasant. Um, I'm getting like a candied... Hmm. Something mm. sweet. and I'm, I'm getting I'm, chocolate. Like a dark chocolate. I, I can see where that's coming from, but I'm I'm finding this sweeter than that. Um, Candy bacon? No. Okay, this would be weird. Um, I got some flaten. Uh, Byerly's gets amazing grapes. There's a company. The cotton candy grapes. Right, and they have. They just came. Their um, moon, moon something grapes and something pie grapes just came out. And okay. the beauty of them is that they don't inject them with anything. They don't do anything. They've just really carefully grown them so that the vines concentrate flavor. And that's the smell I'm getting. Hmm. Note to self, other grapes to try at Byerly's. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hmm. The cotton candy grapes. Oh, I've had the cotton candy. And, and they're... They don't quite live up to the hype that I feel, no, but, but they are certainly better than the average green grape. The the tried the moon the moon pie it's a purple bag, but the other ones that I just got were just sweet. Perrin, you must protect your science from trail. Oh yes, no science for trail. Oh, salty seawater. Not in a horrible way, just, oh, yes, this, is, this barrel has been resting by the ocean. Yes. Possibly slightly in the ocean. Hmm. I, I will say that's a little saltier than I would prefer. I still enjoy this because I find the mix of smoke and salt that this has that no other Isla that I've tasted really has. The, the only other salty Isla that Dave and I have experienced was the first bottle of Brulati Waves that we got. The more recent bottle, um, which we believe marks a change in who the master distiller was, mm-hmm. not nearly as salty. And made it not nearly as good, because the saltiness is what gave it character. I'm not saying that the salt is bad. I'm saying if I had a dial... I would crank it back about one one notch of well, saltiness. Well, what notch is this at that you don't crank this, it back one? This is on a seven saltiness. I'd crank it back to six. I think it's just a smidge... <laughs> Thank you, Cat. A smidge saltier than I would like. Sure. Um, not much else... Uh, I'm still getting some sweetness. It reminds me of um, salted caramel. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking, Carrie? The, the saltiness in the eyelid is definitely new to me. I don't think I've experienced that too much in my eyelids. And the, the salty eyelid and, and having tasted it before. Also, this is where I got the candied bacon thing because I'm getting that in the finish. And I'm liking it a lot. The the salt has faded and the sweet has returned in the finish. I'm not quite with the salt, the bacon, but I I'm enjoying the the fade. 
Yeah, it, it, it's a good smoky bacon. Yeah, at, at a at a low price, this is a oh yeah nice. I would still probably recommend the Trader Joe's over this one. Yeah, um, but they're they're in a similar category in terms of price and in terms of like for a cheap scotch, there's good flavor for the price as opposed to say Glenmorey. Yeah. Um, have you had uh, Trader Joe's? Not. Incredibly highly recommended the Trader Joe's Isla Storm. Okay. It's like twenty two bucks, and it's amazing. And I know when we were doing Scotch on the Cheap, we've said this before. It's like <laughs> Trader Joe's. This is this is gonna be horrible. I mean, not that Trader Joe's is bad, but you, you're like, yeah. Uh, it wasn't even like renamed as. Um, uh, tra- Laddie Joe's or Trader um, McJoe or something. They, they it was didn't just do anything special. Yeah, to the it was title. just it's Trader just... Joe's and Isla Storm. And like, yeah, well, whatever. No, it's stunningly yeah. good. I'm gonna get a little water in this. It is forty percent, so I would not expect it to yeah, require. I... I had to stop myself from drinking it all because this is one I would just kind of drink. Off of my normal preference, I don't think this is one I would just sit around and drink. This is weird. Uh, this is one that you, I, for me, you need a fire. Sure. This this is a this is a winter or fall. Watch it. If I was at the seashore, this would be ideal. See, this is one that would go really well with s'mores. Yes, yeah, because fire because that's that's got the sweet and this has got the salt and yeah. then yeah. Mm. Then again, I can see that. almost everything's better with a fire. Well, says, more fire says the Omega Con Fire Master. I mean, <laughs> slash pyromaniac in his spare time. Like I said, Fire Master. The nose wet is just kind of. It opens it up a little bit more, which you expect. I can't quite pinpoint it. The iodine is uh, gone. For yeah. Me. Still a little smoky. No, the iodine is there if you if you go back to it. First, first, first pass, it's gone. But or maybe I didn't water it the same level. I threw, I threw three drops in my pour. Yeah, I think you consumed more of your. I I kind of did. Um, maybe a heather or a sage. I'm thinking matchstick. I think so, I agree with Perrin on the sage. A little, a little herby. Nice though. No, I, 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 I see where you're coming from. I just can't get past matchstick. They're so small. You surely can get past a matchstick. Mm. Cut the salt a little. Yeah. It's back at the top of the finish, but on the palate, it's not mm-hmm. it's not as prevalent. Very smooth, yeah. Surprisingly smooth for a, a very inexpensive. Um, I forgot to look. The color. It's like a caramel. Yeah, kind of a dark caramel, or not a dark caramel, but I mean a darker slash caramel. But it doesn't have too much of an amber tint. It's just it's caramel. There's, there's not the red. Mm-hmm. It. I would believe it could be no color added and it's picked it up from the barrel because this is definitely a smoky 
No age statement, but... Yeah, none of the McClellans have. Delightful. Not, not a stunning scotch, but a really nice, this is what I am, enjoy. Yeah. If, if you don't mind salt and you want to get a sense of what a smokier scotch is like, it's not a lot of peat. This is mostly smoke. Um, and you want to start cheaply. This is, you know, about half the price of an Ardbeg 10, which is my usual. If you want to get a punch of peat, start with the Ardbeg. <clears throat> I don't think there's going to be much for you to read either. No, but let's see. Few whiskeys evoke a sense of place better than this tangy single malt. Hailing from an island revered by whiskey lovers, revered. the world... Revered. Ass. You're right. By whiskey lovers the world over. McClellan's Isla Single Malt Scotch Whiskey is a hearty, full-bodied dram with a strong hit of peat. Take that. I, I disagree. I disagree. This beautiful, bold single malt comes from the famous island of Isla, a robust dram with a taste of the sea and a snarl on its lips. Yep, that's about it. Not inaccurate. Yar. Established 1818. Sadly, that's not when they bottled this. I would love to try something that old. I have no idea if it would be any better than anything else. Well, I mean, it would still only be however old it was when it was pulled out of the wood, and so it's a question of has it sat correctly in the bottle or is it cork poisoned, Mm -hmm. because that's a thing. Um, Yeah, I, I, I... I can't even fathom trying to afford the 50 or 65 years that I've seen, and mm-hmm. I know. What is the oldest scotch that you have tried? Um, that's a good question. I know 21. I'm pretty sure we I, did a 27. I, yeah. You were on that show. Yeah, yeah. So it must be 27. I was just running through my head of, well, I've, I know I've had those, and they're 21. What have I had beyond that? I've seen a 40-year... Never had it, though. It, it was not... I mean, for 40 years, it was priced reasonably, which scared me. Because mm-hmm. a 40-year price that reasonably can't be any good. The, this, so, 27, I think. Okay. Um, how about you? 25 McAllen. Did you enjoy it? I did. From what I have read, not that I wouldn't like to be able to try and find out if this is true. I have read that the difference between, say, a 40-year-old and a 25-year-old is not considerable. I'm, I'm sure there are differences, and I'm sure somewhere, if we had Scotch experts listening to this podcast, they would be clutching their chests and falling to the ground. But for the normal palate, I've read, there is not a vast difference when you get that old. Even between a 21 and a 25, the difference isn't nearly what it is between an 18 and a 21. So, Well, part of it is when you get past some age, I have no idea what it would be, 
I mean, the only way that they can have them be that old is if they're either single barrel or you're mixing multiple barrels from that age. Right. And they're unlikely to have, you know, if you have a 27, I don't know if anyone would be willing to put 21 in it, even if they thought it made the taste better, because they can charge so much more for a 27. Except the 27 that we had was relatively cheap. I'm sure yeah. there are exceptions, but I mean, that's that's one of those... I I suspect the older you get, the more single barrel. Yeah. Um, they're not going to dilute it with anything, even if that made it taste better. Yeah. Um, no, I would love to try some ancient scotches, but I'm not about... I, I'd rather get five or eight bottles of a 21 or a 24 than one bottle of 35 or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know where the the numbers come. I will say, if I win the lottery ever, I will have one hell of a scotch basement. Um, yes. Because, you know... That's the thing you could do. Yeah. And it would, and it would be walking into stores and going, so... What's that in the display case? Oh, that's a display bottle of whatever it is. Give it to me. That's mine. That's mine. I want it. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't think I'd be stupid about it, but I definitely would like to, to try some of these. What I would like to do is get a time machine, go back in time, and get some really crappy young scotch, bottle it, and then put it somewhere where it could be found 60 years later and it's clear make it clear you know it's obvious that these were not faked or whatever and have people go nuts because it's ancient scotch nice. knowing knowing that it's you know that it's dickel four yeah. four years old or no five because it's oh no three three, the three. I'd, I'd go five I wouldn't want to really you know longer. yeah Okay, I'm kind of a jerk. I get it. Yeah. Well, before we get too far, yeah, we got to put a number on this. So. Yeah, that's right. I'm getting out of control. You really are. Dave's not here to pace you. Yeah. He really wants the spy side. I don't blame him. I do. Um, <sighs> yes, but you're blamey. Well, right. We, we, we blamey and judgy. Well, I'm not. My my, my my demeanor is judge. Yeah. I am totally not judgy. <laughs> no, I'm a complete judge. Um, Which reminds me, I've got something completely unrelated to this that i got to talk to you about later. Is it a white powdered wig? No. Then it's not judgy enough. Mm. Um, so I'm going to throw myself underneath the bus here and say that I've never listened to your podcast, so how do you do this number thing? Well, we rate it on a scale of one to five. One being a war crime, five being the best shit you've ever had in your mouth. And, um, and a three is... Just a three is like... You might... You could say it's average. It could be there's pros and cons, but three's the middle. Um, and uh, decimals are allowed. Don't get stupid. But no. <laughs> right. So um, I'll back the bus up so you can get up, and uh, I'll drive to scoring. How's that for using an analogy? Pretty crappy, huh? Um, we'll see. The crossing guard approves, though. I enjoyed it. I, I wasn't... My socks weren't blown off, but I enjoyed the heck out of it. There was... 
yeah, I would have scaled back the salt a little, but it not that's a preference, not a you. Um, I'm I'm going to give this a I'm going to give it a three seven. It's it doesn't quite get into the four range for me, but I would happily drink this. I may I'm going to keep my eyes out to and if I see it in a store, I'll pick up a bottle. Yeah, it, it, like I said, if it's over thirty five, don't bother because you can find it somewhere else generally for less. Um, yeah, I, I dig on this. Like I said, I don't like it as much as the Ely Storm, which I'm pretty sure I did give a four. Um, I would give this a solid three eight. Um, I occasionally like a saltier scotch, um, and I forgot that this actually has a little bit more of a salt kick to it. Um, and you know, joking aside, the candy bacon thing is there. You kind of have to reach for it a little bit, but I mean, it, you'll get more bacon out of an art bag um, or some of the art bags than than you do out of this. But that salt really helps bring you there, mm-hmm. um, depending on the kind of bacon you get, I suppose. If you're a turkey bacon person, this isn't going to suit you. But no, um, I'm. But no, this, this is pretty solid, and, and, mm-hmm. and I I still say it's more smoky than peaty. Um, no matter what the damn bottle says. No matter what the damn what bottle do they says. Know? I mean, sh- sure, it's not as smoky as say a Bowmore as a general rule, but it's still more smoke than peat. Well, I'm going to go completely on the other side of the spectrum than them. Um, I would drink this one if it was offered. I wouldn't go out of my way and buy this bottle. I did not enjoy it that much. I didn't hate it. Um, it doesn't have the peat that I normally enjoy, though it was smoky. I didn't like the additional salt that's in there. I'd probably go with a 2.7. Totally, totally reasonable. I want to, you know, this... We occasionally... Agree and occasionally completely disagree. Yeah, me and CDs do that all the time on scotches. Yes, you, you, you are certainly entitled to your opinion, and we can believe our, in our own heart of hearts that your opinion is wrong, and that is okay. <laughs> we, we have gone to scotch tasting, and my favorite one on the list of five we've done has been CDs's least favorite one. Truth, I've, I've, well, I've learned that you know if I ask my wife, her answer is they're all crap. So, because she likes alcoholic Kool-Aid. Yes, she does. I love her dearly. But um, to be fair, a good Moscato once in a while is is a good oh, thing. But the Moscato Dosti that that she loves, I will happily drink. I think it. I I like alcoholic Kool-Aid. It's. I have some meat in the fridge right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's. Uh, I was having ice wine in the fridge right now. There's self. There's a wine. vast array of things that I will happily drink that my wife will be like, nope. The saddest part is that she has a really great palate. I mean, she... She'd be great for the show, but... Yeah, she can identify flavors and tastes really well, and she just doesn't want to, because they're all tied to scotch. When we first started going out, she would drink more scotch. I think she was just trying to appease me until she could, you know... Right. ...marry me and then be like, You drink swill! Well, no, you don't. She just doesn't enjoy what you drink, and you don't always enjoy everything she drinks. But you know, drink, drinking is good. So I yeah. generally, I the nice thing is, I usually win in the sense of there's very little she likes that I don't. Right. But there's a lot of things I like that she doesn't. Yeah. So I get twice the serving, way more than she does. Yep. I, I, I every time you tell the story, I enjoy it. Where you're on the tour and and she goes, nope, pours in your glass, and the other husbands on the tour go, 
and the, all the wives and the other the, the, you we can do that. Her, the wives were just like, "Oh my god, I don't have to drink this vile crap!" and poured theirs into their husbands or boyfriends' glasses as well. And I was a hero among men for somehow showing them that they could get twice the. It was okay. So, well, to be fair, mostly really. They don't love you so much as they love your wife for showing their wives the way. Yes, but but they all, I think, were like, you have shown, you, you know, you... You were a winner, sir. Yes. <laughs> Good on your wife. I'm glad you brought her. <laughs> yes. Um, so so when, um, when not joining us for scotch tasting, uh, it sounds like you, you are um, in a... You do gaming stuff. I do. Speak to us of some of this interesting gaming stuff that you get to do. Or not. I. <laughs> well, so the most recent convention I was at was Gen Con. And for those of you listening who are not familiar with Gen Con, uh, Gen Con is in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, it's known as the best five days of gaming. Um, it was originally a convention that started in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin by Gary Gygax, who is one of the people who started Dungeons & Dragons, for those of you who are that big of nerds. Um, and it is solely a gaming convention, primarily tabletop and board games. Uh, so you've got Pathfinder Society there. They general, generally release uh, their big newest thing there at Gen Con. For Pathfinder this year, it is their Pathfinder playtesting. Pathfinder is finally, after 10 years, uh, working on a second edition to Pathfinder. Total um, just shows they felt they got it right the first time. They did a really solid job at the first book. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with D&D, there's that version that we do not talk about called version 4. Uh, Pathfinder is what version 4 should have been. Or 4th edition should have been. Um... Now, are you into five? I have not read the rule book for five. I have been told by many different groups of gaming friends that I I need to give five a shot. Um, but I just enjoy Pathfinder so much that I haven't had a reason to go and check out five. I still play three, two, five when I get a chance. So, I like two. I like to as well. I would I, love to find people who would love to play an Advanced Dungeons and Dragons 2.0 game. Right, I, I enjoyed two, but I've gotten rid of all of my books from two, and I would have a hard time. Oh, I, oh wait, wait, wait. Um, I got you covered there. I've got like a good seventy-five percent of the collection at home. I like me a good Rollmaster game. Oh boy, bring on the charts. I like. I see your master and see you Gamma World. Ooh. Perhaps you'd like some Mignol Chorts. No, no, I wouldn't. Or, or perhaps some Martian Snowy. I spent a lot of time in Gamma World. I, the fact that I can remember some of the foods scares me because yeah. there's other things I can't remember because Mignol Chorts has driven it out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, paranoia. Yes. I like dying during character creation. Well, that would that's not just paranoia. That would also be traveler. be traveler. Yeah. God, I I mean for all that I love playing traveler, mm-hmm. there there is something inherently wrong with your character system if like, well, I'm almost done with this character. Oh, they've died. Start over. <laughs> Why? That's not gaming. 
That's just, you got a bad die roll. <sighs> the curse of the dice. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are familiar with the older versions of D&D um, and you like those older campaigns, I don't remember the name of the company, but when I was wandering around the dealer's hall at Gen Con, uh, there was a book company who was taking those old TSR campaign books from first and second um, edition of D&D and are rewriting them for fifth edition rules. Nice. Interesting. I was I like, you, I was like you, you yeah. might have just gotten me to read the fifth edition rule book because I would love to play that campaign again. Um, or Menza Barazan. Mm. I've got I've got to ask, has anyone played any uh, of the McKinia Press modules? No. 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 Um, the uh, uh, author, um, uh, oh God, is uh, Eric Flint. Or not oh. Eric Flint. Um, <laughs> oh, this is sad. Uh, now I'm, now I'm going to be trying to remember the author's name this whole time. There was a group of people that had a role-playing game, and they started publishing um, city modules and encounter modules, or encounter okay. um, compendiums uh, under the Medkemia Press um, imprint, okay. which was the world that they had created and adventured in. And then one of the people in the game uh, started writing stories, and I think he's now published, he's been a best-selling author, and has published approximately 20 novels set in the world. Okay. I'm like, well, yay gaming, when, when you can have a game company and be a novelist. The dreams. Yeah. I want to talk about something I got up to for a while in uh, the early part of last month. I went fringing. I did, uh, all, I did all the fringe. Uh, fringe. I didn't even look at what was on the fringe schedule for this year. I saw some really great shows, and I saw a couple of really bad ones. Uh, I had the privilege of seeing the worst-rated show in the fringe. Rock Ooh. on with your bad self. Yeah. Just about that one. And, yeah. and, and the funny thing was, is I didn't know that that's what I was getting into when I went, because it was just on my schedule something that sounded interesting. And yeah, it turns out it was the worst rated. Like, was legitimately was the worst. Ra- I, I I checked the website. It it really was the worst rated thing. Uh, first and foremost, it was only half hour long, hmm. and friend shows were supposed to be forty five to fifty minutes. Yeah. Um, it was a period piece set in presumably the early fifties. Um, okay. Premise is um, stage actress who's past her prime who's done some film work, uh, is going to kill herself on stage. And her best friend and her ex-husband come into the dressing room and are trying to talk her out of it. Um, The best friend says that the two of them have been offered the um, older mother-type roles in a uh, piece where they are the aunts to the, the new up-and-comer young man who is going to be stopping by the dressing room and chatting with them a bit. And she ends up shooting him instead of herself. And the play kind of ends with them trying to figure out what they're going to do with the body. Um, so the play, isn't, it, it feels like it isn't really finished um, Sounds like it wasn't really finished. Yeah. Well, actually, it feels like it's an act one of a three act, but 
Um, so, yeah, it, it resolved itself enough for an act, but it didn't resolve itself enough for a thing. The, the, the writing was inconsistent at best. The, the ex-husband character had three different archetypes that he was when he doing thing and he was not he was not a consistent character. Um, one of the bits that um, was the actress's mainstay was apparently she got around a lot. Uh, the, the number of times her Harry Bush was referred to was excessive. God. Um, Class. And, and, well, right. Period piece. But um, with that in mind... The best part of it, as much as I was just saying the writing was inconsistent, the best part of it was the writing. Um, most of the acting was worse. I mean, so, oh. so, so, so it was not good material acted very poorly, and particularly by the ex-husband. Wow. Because um, either of those can kill a play. Yeah. But great actors, great actors can great struggle actors to can make... Great actors can save a story. Can, can make yeah. bad writing adequate, but it's still going to be bad writing. Yeah. And... Bad actors can ruin great writing, mm-hmm. but bad actors you doing bad writing. Oh, the casting race for the bottom. The the, the, the the casting was also questionable because the the, the young up and comer was played by the person who looked to be the oldest member of the cast. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was there. There was some serious. It deserved its rating. It deserved its rating. I I actually saw something that I thought was worse than that. Um, it was a sci-fi musical. Um, was it was it by Tim Wick? It was not by Tim Wick. <laughs> uh, Tim, Tim's material was actually quite good. It um, usually is. You know, I'm just being a dick. What, yeah. what did Tim do this year? Uh, Tim was a co-writer on Next, which was a uh, Next a sidekick story. Um, was was the full title? Uh, it was basically about a teenage girl who had moved. And didn't really know anybody and was trying to fit in. Uh, moved from somewhere warm to somewhere cold. Um, had a best friend who was all the confidence and she was all the brains. Um, and so the two of them as a pair doing the stuff um, was cool. She, she got into having a social circle because she was best friends with this really popular person. Um, but of course the popular person had her own issues that got revealed. And it's basically it was the whole the two of them as a pair helped you know, push each other up and support each other in one thing that, you know, the other doesn't do well. And it, it was really well done. It was also a musical, music by Angela Fox, who is really great at writing music. And it was all under 18, or I think pretty sure it's mostly under 18. So there might have been one 18 to 19-year-old. I don't know how old one of them was that I'd seen in other things. Um, but it was, it was all very young actors and performers um, outside of Angela herself being the older version of the main character ah. doing some you know flash forward flash forward type monologue things and, and storytelling and doing come sort of sort of the the message pieces of why this scene is going to be what it is and what yeah it was it was very well done it was very funny More the framing yes it, it 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 was it was an excellent piece it it made my top 3 in terms of the voting that I got to do as one of the um Friends or fringe voter people, I, I got to be in a special vote, um, and one of the special prizes went to in, went to that play. Cool. Um, 
I also saw a couple of the other really big award-winning took a couple of, you know, I think two things took three awards, and I saw both of them. Um, one of them was a horror piece um, put on by the same group that did a piece that I really liked last year. Um, and there was another horror piece that I thought was another one of the best pieces there um, that was very much in line with some stuff I've seen at, at Horror Fest before. So that there, there was some really good stuff this year and a couple of stinkers. Um, and then I saw a couple of, of dance shows that, you know, dance usually isn't... Usually, I, I've gotten into liking to watch dance shows. Um, still under the Bollywood show for the most part, but I, I enjoy watching a lot of the dance shows. Did they screw in, not, did not they, some don't like Bollywood. It's just Did they screw in some light bulbs? Uh, at the Bollywood show, maybe. Yeah. Not, not, not of the ones that... The, uh, one of the classic Bollywood moves is yeah with the, the hand up screwing yeah. the light bulb. I, I, I did see the Bollywood troupe as part of Fifth of Fringe back in, in May. Um, but yeah, I, I never seem to make Bollywood fit in my schedule. So um, Fringe is what, two weeks long of uh, Fringe shows? Uh, 11 days. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, so of, of, of the, I think, 55 slots, there were 54 slots this year, I missed four or five. Dear God. Um, Hardcore, man. Hardcore. That was, was going to be my next question is how many shows did you make it to? Um, well, I missed one because I ran out to take a quick bathroom break that wasn't quite quick enough. Um, yeah, they're they're pretty strict with the uh, if you're not here on time, you don't get in. Yeah, and and I was in and had left to go to the bathroom, but the the minute the, the curtains drawn and and they start on stage, you, there's no readmittance, um, which makes perfect sense. Yeah, it still um, sucks. Still sucks, and and unfortunately, that was that was a fearless members show oh. that I that I missed um, that I didn't get to see. Sorry, Kyle, I already told you, but you know, you know. Um, and then uh, I missed another one because I was just exhausted from having done everything. And I was on, I was at the Northeast Hub and I needed to run to the West Bank to try to get somewhere. And while there was a parking lot right next to that particular theater, I just was not up to making the trip. Um, and then because Family Fringe was in St. Paul, the way they staggered the oh. times was um, the best way they could have done it. Um, but it did mean that there was an hour that I had to miss by design. My, that was the only intentional miss that I had, and I had those other two. My uh was about St. Paul. My family did not get yeah. to Fringe this year. My daughter is six. We would have loved to have taken her to Family Fringe. Um, it just didn't happen this year. And, and Family Fringe had some cool things. Uh, fruit, uh, fruit Flies Like a Banana was over there this year, and I, and I love their stuff. Um, one of the other shows I saw over there, though, did disappoint me. In, in, in a very small way. I mean, the show was fine, but it was a mythology show. It was telling the story of Medusa. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how Pericles, being the child of a mortal and a god, was special. But the special name they used for what he was was wrong. They called him a titan and not a demigod. Oh! And it was so inaccurate. I was so pissed off. I'm like... I happen to be sitting next to someone who has recently joined Fearless, and, and then we've been talking beforehand, and I could not stop myself from saying, no, that doesn't make him a Titan. It makes him a Demi God. They're wrong. And she's like, it's okay. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, <clears throat> and she's like, you're, you're one of those pedantic people. Mythology in particular. <clears throat> I am not pedantic. I'm a strickler for the truth. <laughs> Moving right on. Um, so, yeah, it is. It, it, it was well performed. It was it was a fun piece, but it, that glaring error 
I, I, I still no, that, can't that, that is that is especially in a kids show. Yeah, get it right because then it's not hard to get that right. Now, to be if fair, you can, if you can look up Pericles's name, you can look up what they're called. Yeah. So I mean, con- considering that uh, you know the, the the there's diff- there's certainly different versions of, of a given myth, but in terms of the categorizations of what things are within mythology, that's not yeah. up for debate. Titans is a very specific thing, which he would not be because he is not. Everyone knows mm. Titans are Beast Boy, Starfire, Raven. I would come over this table and hit you. <laughs> But there's scotch and cheese in the way. <laughs> I believe I win. <laughs> I, would, so, I would join you, Cedius. <laughs> but there's coffee in the way. But there's coffee in the Saved way. Saved by the grounds. Beans. And it's very good coffee. Yeah. It's true it stone is. coffee. True stone coffee. Yes, true stone coffee. Fresh roast cool beans. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. And if you go to their website and you use the promo code SCOTCH at, uh, while uh, in checkout... You will get ten percent off the entirety of your order. That is not just the coffee; that is also their merch. Yum. Their nice so, cold pressed coffee is delicious. Yes, yes, it is. So we are going to be drinking Linkwood, fifteen-year-old Speyside, from Gordon and McPhail. Puts a smile on my mouth. Puts a smile on oh. my face as soon as I smell it. It is a slightly darker um, vanilla. Yep. I'm, it's more of a um, like a vanilla bean or a, 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 it's a really strong kind almost oily smell. See, vanilla was not the first thing that hit me. The first thing that hit me was caramel apple. I, I get the vanilla afterwards, but yeah, I get more of a caramely apple. I mean, it's a vanilla caramel. I see. No, I can, I can get the caramel as well. It's just the vanilla went to me and I love vanilla. Just makes me want to smile whenever I smell it. Yeah, this this this, this, this is a caramel Brayburn. Thank you. Uh huh. Just gonna cut that one out right now. Yep. Very tasty. You know, someday I'm going to do a blind taste test of apples on the show, <laughs> and I am going to do only about seventy five percent accuracy. <laughs> ah, that is. If I can see them first, I'll have a better chance. Well, yes, that's why I would be blind, because yeah. there's visually distinctive characteristics that have nothing to do with the taste of the apple. It is delightful in the nose, but it's a kind of one, well, two-note. I mean, there's not much else. I'm, I'm hedging my bets that I'm not going to like it as much as Kiri. Hmm. It's got an okay burn to it. Yeah, definitely an alcohol finish. Um, it smells oh, better than it tastes. Kind yeah, of oily palate, even a little bitter finish. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd go with almonds, like a, a toasted almond. Yeah, but a, a, a bitter, not a, not a nasty, just a the bitterness of an almond at the end. Um, but that oily. Mm-hmm. The thing I like almonds. I do not like almonds. Hmm. You're kind of allergic. To I almonds. am kind of allergic to them. Yeah. 
no real almonds were used in the making of this scotch. <laughs> yeah, every time I try to mix her a drink, it's like, oh, right, you can't have amaretto. Damn it. You're not the only one who keeps trying to feed me amaretto. Yeah. Well, amaretto's tasty, and it also goes well in scotch, so. Is there actual almonds in amaretto? Yeah. Okay. I assume so, otherwise you wouldn't be bothered by it. But I could see also if it uses uh, an artificial almond flavoring or, or scent, it would be something you might want to avoid anyway, just because you might. Um, I have learned never get a banana daiquiri made with artificial banana flavoring. It's unwise and mm-hmm. tastes nothing like a daiquiri. Well, I've already had some bad times with artificial bananas because the artificial banana flavoring is... I don't know how they can get away with calling it that, but why is it bad in a banana daiquiri? Well, I ordered a banana daiquiri, and they said, oh my goodness, we're out of bananas. I can make a banana daiquiri for you using a banana liqueur. Okay. And it will taste the same, which is a dirty, dirty lie. Because... If it was a dirty lie, it would taste like almonds. <laughs> banana... First of all, if you're using banana in a daiquiri, it changes the mouthfeel. Yep. Second, I've had banana liqueurs. I've had banana flavoring. They do not taste actually like banana. Banana is a very unique flavor. And a fresh banana and a banana liqueur, not similar. Also, I think they used really weird proportions because it basically was, hey, that smells sort of banana-y and it tastes like booze. There might be people who think that's the absolute best banana daiquiri you could get. I was not one of them. Well, as I don't like the taste of banana, if it tasted like booze more than banana, I'd just have to get past the smell, <laughs> which I wouldn't. But then again, I would never order a banana daiquiri. <laughs> yeah. So Could I get a banana daiquiri? No banana. So Extra daiquiri? Isn't at that point you're just drinking rum? Pretty much. Yar. Pirate's life for me. I, I, by the way, was thinking with the McClellan's uh, Isla that uh, that's something to drink on um, Talk Like a Pirate Day because it's a salty a salty drink for a salty dog. Yar. A vasty scotch. Let's see. No, if I was, if I was going to do that, I think um, I think the, the space side is a little bit saltier than that. Well, and to be fair, I would not drink scotch on Talk Like a Pirate Day. You drink rum. You drink rum. You drink rum. Until you be out. Or grog. Or treacle. But I do not want to drink treacle. No. What is treacle? If I recall correctly, it is a... Is it um, rum and dark molasses and... Something else. I'm okay. It's one of those things you read about and you go, oh, treacle. That's a. <laughs> it's a British thing. Yeah. Well, that killed much of the sweet. Yeah, it did. Mellowed it. Rotted it. It's kind of, it's kind of gone to bad apple now. Yeah. An apple has gone off. Now all I have is Doctor Who and Bad Apple. Now all I get when I sip it is just that burn. There's nothing. Um, 
it's still better. This would be good in coffee. Yes, this would be this would be good in a morning cup of coffee. And this would be good in a light roast versus a dark. Cause I'm behind, I'm going to be that kind of coffee snob too. I'm getting. It has opened the the mouth up, or the, I mean the body. Uh, it's it's sweet on the very start, whereas it wasn't sweet before. I'm having trouble identifying what though. Hmm. Well, that caramel is still it's, there. I'm just gonna get like a straight up sugar cane. Okay. Yeah, I'll give. I'll go with uh, with alcohol. Fermented sugar cane. Possibly slightly overly fermented. Yeah. The finish is unpleasant. Yeah. I'm not dealing with that so much. Kind of a little sour. Yeah. It would go good in my coffee. Yep, this is a mixer. But coffee and not ginger ale, so, you know, step up. It's 43%. Since 1895, Gordon and McPhail have worked with the majority of Scotland's distilleries, and today mature selects and bottles some of the world's finest and rarest single malt Scotch whiskies. Lankwood, 15 years old. The distillery was built in 1821 by Peter Brown, the factor of Seafield Estates of Moray and Banffshire. It is named for Linkwood House, the family home. The nose reveals pronounced sherry aromas, along with hints of ripe summer berries. Smooth and well-rounded, the palate displays mixed spice flavors with a touch of charred oak. Yeah, you know, I can see what I was getting being a charred oak. Yeah. The char kind of caramel... Um, little tannins. Um, yeah, I'll I'll give it that. It was a rather minor tasting note, and they didn't they didn't go crazy. The summer berries. I'm a little like I'm not gonna. I, I that's see it. that. I, I don't agree, but I don't think they went into cork dorkery. No, just not how I tasted it. Yeah. Um. Disappointing after such a wonderful nose, but isn't that always the case? I'm going to go to seven. It, it wasn't horrible. I'd drink it again. If, if I were out and about and somebody handed me some, I would not splash it in their face or pour it in a plant. I would drink it, and I would be okay with it. But I certainly would not ask them for more, and I would not take it myself. I would not go and buy this. I'll, I'll agree. After after having such that nice nose and putting that smile to my face as I was taking those first few sniffs of it, um, it was a disappointing taste. Um, uh, it's I would drink it if it was offered. I think it might even might even go nice paired with the right cigar if I was sitting and chilling with somebody. Um, but in terms of flavor, it was lacking a lot. It, just, it was simple. Um, but I did still like it more than the McAllen that we had, so I will probably go with maybe like a 3.25. 
And Porter, if you're listening, I am down for that cigar challenge. So you, you bring the cigars and I'll bring this bottle. Um, on the other hand, outside of that, I don't think I will go uh, much for drinking this myself. Um, this wasn't very exciting, the palate again. The, the nose was the best thing. Um, definitely uh, neat to wet. Um, yeah, it was not really my jam. Um, I'll be a little bit more generous than Perrin. I'm going to give it a 2.8. Fair enough. But, yeah, it's it's that's definitely that ballpark. I, I have... There's little for me to recommend it. There's not a lot for me to diss it. It's just sort of... There. Sadly, it, and it was a little disappointing. It's... The unfortunate thing is, almost every scotch we've had that has a great nose, that's it. It yep. doesn't have a great body. I really, really wish they'd stop that. Well, we should wrap this puppy. Yes. Does anyone have anything they'd like to flog? Um, let's see. It is beginning of September, so, you know, Renfest is a thing for people who are into Renfest. Now allowing me to do that plug? Would you like to do that plug? Plug Renfest. Plam, plam! Well, I work out there. It's my 18th season out there. Woo-hoo! I'm the perfect person to plug that show. Well, then, then, the then, then, then you promote it. I was just mentioning it was there. I wasn't going to promote it. <laughs> I you acknowledge it. its existence. <laughs> when was the last time you even came out to fest? I go once a year. You, you, normally, my tradition would have been that I would have gone this last Saturday for Deva's birthday, but I unfortunately had other obligations insofar as I did not want to go out this weekend. Um... <laughs> And you know the weather. I'm 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 waiting for the the air to clear a little bit more because I'm told the Canadian wildfires are still affecting air quality. So I'm gonna give it a little bit more time. Canadian wildfires. Thanks, Obama. Not not to mention the fact that there's in the last couple of years been a fearless outing where we kind of we pick a weekend to go, and I'm I'm hearing it's gonna be mid September. So I'm I'm probably gonna go then. Okay. But uh, Renfest is not my bag really. So. With it being the end of August, beginning of September, if you're looking for things to do in the Minnesota area, the Minnesota Renaissance Festival is going on right now. Lasts for seven weekends. First two weekends are down. Uh, if you're not an overly big crowd person and want to avoid the crowds and enjoy the fair, go while the state fair is still going on. Which will be, you know, another couple of days as this goes live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, assuming I'm time. Um... My daughter started first grade. Hey! It's not that that's vlogging, you know, school. Stay in school, kids. There. I, I have vlogged school. Your daughter's at the age where she doesn't really have a choice, but yes, right. let's, let's do that. Exactly. Um, she thinks her new bus is cool. They, uh, they were short on drivers, so they subcontracted, and she has a 10-person van that is brand new and is swank as hell. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just generally there's the, you know, second Tuesday is going to be Fearless Lab. Third Thursday will be Double Blind Improv. Um, the new season of Fearless Presents is starting up again, so check back uh, on the Fearless website, um, which is fearlesscomedyproductions.com, for when that is going to be, because I don't remember the date off the cuff. So, yeah. Awesome. So now comes the time when we surprise our guest by saying this is what you would have learned if you'd listened to one of our podcasts. You're welcome. (laughs) At the end of our show, 
we ask our guests if they would like to toast us out. It doesn't have to be anything in particular. And if you really don't, you don't have to. We, we will. But do you have a toast that you would like to use to toast the show out? Not think of one. Yeah, you, well, you can toast anything. So it doesn't have to be like a fancy special toast. It doesn't have to be one of like Johnny from the Tim's Toasts or anything. Not that those haven't been done on this show. He does some great toasts. He does. Well, and he's the one who actually started this tradition, so blame him. I have a toast. All right. Here's to toast. It's warm. It's bread. You can put things on it that are delicious. Yay, toast. Yay, toast. Yay, toast. <laughs> <laughs>